0: Welcome to Horses for Future. Horse people can make a difference in the climate change crisis. Together, we're learning how. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of the recently released The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, that's the new revised edition, and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. In the previous two episodes, I introduced you to the work of George Lakoff, Lakoff is a cognitive linguist who has been studying the use of metaphors and the effect they have on our behavior. I introduced you to the concept of primary metaphors, and we looked at how they are revealed through our language. Then we looked at the metaphor of the nation as family, which brought us to the dichotomy of the strict father versus the nurturing parent metaphor. We're looking at this work because I think there is a great deal here that will help us to be more effective communicators. When we're talking with other people, there are so many pitfalls. We just don't seem to be able to resist the temptation of pushing against what someone else is doing. What we're going to see as we explore more of Lakoff's work is that when we do, it becomes like a spider's web. The more a fly struggles, the more it becomes ensnared. That's what happens when it gets trapped in a spider's web. And the same thing happens for us. The more we push against the, in quotes, the other, the more we strengthen their position. So what should we be doing instead? That's the question that we're gonna be addressing as we head forward into this week's episode. We're going to follow the thread of the strict father and the nurturing parent metaphor to see how this helps us frame our conversations around the climate change crisis. So whichever type of family you grew up in, one that was strict or one that was nurturing, you would have still been exposed to the other type of parenting. So even if you were grew up in a very, very strict household, you would have experienced other forms of parenting via your friends, via teachers, books, movies, television. You would be familiar in some way with the other model, and vice versa. If you grew up in the kind of family where nobody ever raised their voice and where there was never any physical punishment whatsoever, you still would be aware of it through, again, through your friends and through school and through books and movies. So that means that we can all be biconceptual. conceptual That depending upon what frame is, is activated, we can use either moral system and which one really depends largely on the language that's used, that words and metaphors trigger one frame over another. And so finally, what we're getting to is a concept that I think is really, really important to understand and that is going to have a lot of uh, significance to those of us who really want to make a difference in the climate crisis. This is what's going to really help us to understand how to talk to one another in a way that where we can be heard. So frames, it's time we looked at at frames from the perspective uh, that George Lakoff brings. So let's start with something really simple, frames contain things, you know, like a picture frame or in riding. you know, riders talk about putting horses in quotes in a frame. And for some of us, you know, that they, they see that as a very rigid thing. And for others, when we hear that word being used, you know, you want your horse in a frame, it often makes us uncomfortable. We want to see movement as a much more dynamic process we still understand what is meant by putting a horse in a frame, that we are containing it. Well, a cognitive linguist would be referring to another type of frame. So what Lakoff is referring to are mental structures that shape the way we see the world. That the processing of facts relies on larger cognitive structures that give facts their meaning. That facts do not have meaning per se. That facts become meaningful as our minds integrate them into larger interpretive templates. So this becomes really interesting in our current climate where we're really doubting the facts, the experiences that people are presenting from these very different information sources. So that we are living in, uh, in an era of real disinformation. And how do we separate it all out? And even if we can agree that, that this is a fact, what does it mean? What do we do with it? So what this co- boils down to is if you want to communicate clearly, you first have to make sure that you've activated the frame in which your facts make sense. So frames not only contain things, but they exclude things as well. So frames both include and exclude facts. And in politics, you don't want to evoke the frames that are being used by your opponent, because most likely those frames are not consistent with the facts as you see them. So let's think about that for a minute. And this is something that is really common, that we end up pushing against and opposing individual candidates or their policies or, you know, some uh, training system, we do it using the language of our, in quotes, opponent. And all we do when we do that is strengthen their position. So we all have deep-seated cognitive frames. And these frames establish what is what we refer to as common sense what we believe to be true and and what common sense is is what we believe to be true about the world facts that are not in line with our common sense frames are going to be excluded they don't enter into our reasoning because they just don't have a place in the frames that govern our perceptions of the world it's like we have no place to hang them think of Within the frame, there are the sort of little, little hooks, and, and there's no structure. There's no, no place for these, these facts to be hung. So frames, like metaphors, are created out of neural connections, and they're strengthened by repetition. So the more often a frame is activated, the more it is strengthened. And the stronger a frame gets, the more it becomes part of your core belief system, your common sense. And facts that, that don't fit within these common sense frames will be ignored. It's as though you don't even see them. They don't exist. And, and if you do see them, you don't know what to do with them. So you, you feel as though you have to push against them. Lakoff refers to mutual inhibition that you can never activate contradictory frames simultaneously. So when one frame is activated in your mind, the activation of an opposing frame is blocked. So when you want to change someone's mind, what you have to do is activate an alternative frame. So if we're talking to somebody who is a climate change denier it's it's you're not going to get them by talking facts what you have to do instead is go deeper and say what is a frame what frame do I need to activate where the facts that I want to present will fit and can be heard because What you have with this mutual inhibition is that when two interpretations contradict one another, your brain is going to pick one over the other. Your brain can only activate one of two contradictory frames at a time. And the way we process facts depends on what frame is active. And when a fact fits within a frame that is active, or as part of our common sense, it is easily understood. And if a fact doesn't fit into an activated frame or our common sense, then it's not understood or it's pushed against, or it's just not even seen. And again, when I did up this presentation, what I used as a visual is a classic optical illusion. And when when you first look at the optical illusion, what you might see is a white vase, sort of sitting in the middle of the picture, this lovely white vase. But if you look at it differently, if you pause for a second and see it from a slightly different lens, as it were, what you will see is not a vase, but two faces in silhouette. And it's usually a black and white drawing. So if it was a white face, then it's two black faces in silhouette. And, and then if you sort of blink, you'll see the vase. And then if you blink, you'll see the two faces in silhouette, and then you'll see the vase. But at first, you can't see both the vase and the two faces, that, that they, you can see one or the other, but not both. And that's an interesting way of of understanding and appreciating what this, how this mutual inhibition works. So in clicker training, one of the things that we learn is that we want to focus on what we want. That I may notice the unwanted behavior, but that's not what I'm going to focus on. And so, I wanna shift away from, oh, my horse is crowding me when I stand next to him, to really focus on, what is it that I want? What is the behavior that I'm looking for? Because the more I focus on what I don't want, the more I will get stuck there. And when I can pivot away from that and look at, what is it that I would like my horse to do? What is the behavior that I want to reinforce? then what happens is I get more of that behavior. And it is one of the main tenets of clicker training. And it is so much wiser than we really knew when we were first starting out. And that Lakoff's work really helps to support this notion that we want to focus on what we want. So if I show you a picture of a zebra and I say to you, now, don't think of the zebra, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to make a picture of a zebra in your mind, and you're going to think about the zebra. So negating an idea means that you activate that idea. And the more I tell you to not think of the zebra, the more the negated concept is strengthened. So activating a frame strengthens the frame. I tell you, don't think of the zebra. Don't think of the elephant. Don't think of the cookies in the cookie jar. The more I tell you not to do something, the more I strengthen it. If I tell you, don't pick up the mug not picking up the mug means you first have to think about what it is to pick up a mug. And so because of this, this is why it is so important to reframe and learn to focus on what you want. So in the climate crisis, we need to really stay focused on what it is that we want. There are plenty of people on this planet who are doing the job of focusing on what's wrong. There's there's no lack of people who are saying who are out there saying you know, telling us all the grim and horrible news and telling us what's going wrong with the climate. If we want to find solutions, we need to pivot at least some of us need to pivot away from looking at what's wrong and really focus in on what is it that we want? What is it that we want to do? We will not find the solution by focusing on the problem. We need some people to focus on the problem, to understand that there is a problem, <laughs> you know, to understand that, that climate change is occurring And it is having some just unbearably horrible impacts on the planet. But to really solve the problem, we can't look at the problem. We're not going to find the solution there. We have to focus on what it is that we want. So a summary from Lakoff's work. Every word evokes a frame. Every negation of a frame activates that frame. And activating a frame means you strengthen it. So we want to think about what is it that we want to strengthen? You know, if we're going to go out and be politically active and we really want to support a candidate, means that we're not going to really get the job done by telling people what's wrong with the opponent. Telling you what's wrong with your opponents just strengthens the position of your opponent. You know, we, we really can't seem to resist being sucked into talking about what we don't like in the other, the other in quotes. We're really good at that, and you know when when whether it's a political candidate where we. We just, we just can't seem to resist saying what's wrong with the policies that their opponent has instead of really focusing in and talking about what it is that we like about the candidate that we support or you know we, we look at what we don't like in the other. And that's something that we really need to learn if we want to make a real difference in the climate crisis. There are Lots of people who are focused on what's going wrong. And we need them. We need people who are looking in that direction, who are, who are keeping us informed about the really grim and horrible news that is emerging every day about the climate crisis and you know, the, the, the horrible effects that we are having throughout the planet. We need people who are keeping us informed in that way. But we aren't going to find the solutions there. We need also for some of us to pivot away from looking at the, in that direction and to really focus in on what it is that we want. What is it that we want? That's where the solution is. And yes, it can feel like a Pollyanna way of looking at the world, but we need to pivot away from, at times, to take our eyes away from that, of what's going wrong, and look at what it is that we want. So again, the summary from George Lakoff's The Brain's Politics, where he would say, every word evokes a frame, and every negation of a frame activates that frame. And activating a frame means you strengthen it. So the more we push against what somebody else somebody else's policies, the more we strengthen it. So if we go out and we want to work for a political candidate and we knock on doors or we sit on phone banks and we tell people how horrible the other person is, All we're doing is strengthening that other person's position. Frames that are strengthened via constant linguistic repetition become the norm. Or as Lakoff would say, they become common sense. That means that we no longer question the validity of those frames, and we accept them as right and real. And all of this is largely unconscious we are truly becoming the frog that's sitting in the water that is slowly being heated up more and more and more. If we think back to 2016, to the election, and where we all were in our thinking, and now we look at where we are four years on, and we think about, or three years on, And we think about all the changes that have occurred, all the cultural norms that are being shifted that are beginning to feel like, well, that's just the way things are. Who we were in 2016 could be magically transported to the current times. They would feel shocked at where we we are, but gradually those frames have been strengthened through constant linguistic repetition, so that we are accepting as the norm things that we would have been appalled by just a very short time ago. So, some more summaries from Lakoff's work. Remember, we can't simultaneously activate conflicting frames. And facts that don't fit into the frames that we are using are going to be ignored. Now, that's important, when we want to think about the climate change. We can talk about facts. We can cite statistics. But if we're trying to change someone's mind, if we're trying to convince someone to take an action and we're citing statistics and we're talking facts, but they're in a different frame, we can talk till the cows come home but it's not gonna make any difference because what we are saying doesn't fit within that their current worldview. And what we're saying is either going to be ignored or pushed against. So we can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't be a policeman. We can't look over there at what we don't want and be the nurturing, teacher or the nurturing parent both at the same time we we need to choose and you choose through your language you choose by being very deliberate in the frame that you activate and that's in part what manda is helping us to do through the accidental gods through the meditations that we will become more deliberate and intentional in the frames that we activate. And part of how we learn to do this is through the language that we choose. So what the horses have taught us is the more you push against what you don't want, the stronger that you make it. And that's also what Lakoff has been observing in politics. That, for example, if I really want to convince someone to try clicker training, I'm not going to be successful by talking about how wrong the other person is in the way that they train. That arguing against what someone else is doing isn't going to help. In fact, the more I put down what the other person is doing, the more I simply strengthen their position. And I'm actually making it easier for you to accept their work by pushing against it. So when I'm thinking about the changes that I would like to see, I want to learn how to activate frames that I want to strengthen. And I do that in part by focusing on what I want when I talk about what I want to do and I find ways to activate frames that people can connect with, then the people that are listening to me can begin to hear what I'm saying. So let me give you an example of how this works. And, And we'll do it from the world of politics, not of horse training. So it's one that Lakoff used as an example. And that's tax policy, and the difference that language makes in how we frame or how we view uh, tax policy. So if we look at tax policy from the strict father model, then in that strict father model, remember that you are self-reliant, that that because you are very disciplined and you you are successful in the world, that you are able to outcompete others and to amass wealth. So in that worldview, you would see taxes, especially high taxes, as something that punishes self-discipline. They limit your freedom. That taxes are really an immoral burden. And that tax increases are bad because they are a burden on citizens. Now, a burden is something that you can be relieved from. So tax cuts are good because they relieve us. So when they talk about a reduction in taxes, they talk about tax relief, which sounds wonderful. who wouldn't want to be relieved from something so so that sounds like a really good thing now if you are a progressive candidate and you're looking at a conservative's candidates tax policies you might find that you are you have a disagreement in terms of their policies and what they want to implement but when you use when that individual that that progressive candidate uses the language of the conservative, where he starts talking about tax relief, when he's using the same language, he's activating the conservatives frame. So he's working against his own interests. In a sense, he's saying, don't think about the elephant. And what are you going to think about the elephant? So from a horse training perspective, we know that you can't take something away without putting something else in its place. So the conservative candidate is talking about tax relief. The progressive candidate is learning that if he talks about tax relief, he's strengthening his opponent's position. So what should he talk about? Well, he needs to to use language that comes from his value system. And his value system will be based on the commonwealth principle of taxes. So in this model, an individual's success relies very much on the public infrastructure, and everybody helps to build and maintain that infrastructure. You know, we all have built the roads and the bridges, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that we use and that helps to, to create the wealth that we are able to accumulate on our own. So individual success relies on public infrastructure, relies on the roads, the schools, the post office system, et cetera, et cetera. So those who use the infrastructure the most should give back more than others. So paying taxes, you're really just giving back what the public has invested in you. And therefore, somebody who has a lot of wealth, who is avoiding taxes, that person is just trying to get a free ride at the expense of others. So you see how different the language becomes when you frame things from these two different value systems. One person is talking about tax relief. The other person is talking about the commonwealth. Now, I'm not saying, you know, which one is right. I'm not making that political statement here. All I want to do is emphasize how important language is in evoking different frames and that we want to be effective in our use of language so that we can talk to one another in frames where there is that, that common interest and where we can hear what the other person is saying. So continuing this, this, this example of, of the taxes, in the strict father model, the focus is on the taxes. Taxes are bad. Therefore, paying taxes is bad, and avoiding taxes is good. In the nurturing parent model, the focus is on behavior. And paying taxes is good, and avoiding taxes is bad. So you get a a switch, the reversal in each one. And it's just in what frame is open. So by using the metaphors and language, that triggers a given frame, we define what an issue is about. Is it about tax relief? Or is it about the commonwealth principle of taxes? And that's really what we want to do when we are thinking about the climate change. What frames do we want to build around climate change? What frames are going to lead us to solutions. And I don't have the answers, not yet, but together, working together, I hope we can find those answers. Of what frames do we open? How do we talk about it in a way that creates the change that we would like to see? So again, a quote from George Lakoff, if you seek political support, then you need to speak about your values as clearly as you can, because your values are what distinguishes you. It does not suffice to just tell people what you will do. You need to tell them why. And I think this is, in large part, what Manda is offering us through the accidental gods, that through the meditations, she's helping us to really identify our core values, and to become more deliberate, more intentional in connecting to them and speaking from them. So if we want to really make a difference, and if we want people to really start to take actions that will help mitigate the climate change crisis, then we need to begin with our core values. And we need to create frames that develop into what Lakoff would refer to as deep-seated cognitive templates in people's minds. And remember, we're all by conceptuals You know, we don't live, for the most part, most people do not live strictly in one worldview or another that we can switch back and forth and and the world is 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 complex it's not these two black and white opposing worldviews there it's it's much more complex than that but by looking at the strict father and the nurturing parent it helps us to understand that we're not going to be activating two conflicting moral frames at once and that we're going to be giving priority to a worldview that is triggered the most strongly. So what's important is that we want to learn to use language and metaphors that are consistent with the frames that we want to evoke. And we want to speak of our core values, from our core values. And we want to find ways of speaking to others in a way that begins to open a mutually held frame. So to make a difference in the climate change, I think there's value in becoming familiar with this concept of frames and the kinds of metaphors that Lakoff is talking about. Remember, these are not the only frames. The strict father and the nurturing parent frames are two that Lakoff highlighted in his work, because he was focusing in on the American political system, which is a two-party system. So it made sense to have this dichotomy, but it's a good reference point. It's a good way to get started. So let me draw this to a close. I've, I've thrown a lot of ideas at you today. And there, by the way, is a metaphor. How can you throw an idea? And it just shows you that metaphors are everywhere. And ideas really are like objects that you can throw around. In fact, here's another metaphor. Ideas are food. I've, I've not only thrown a lot of ideas at you, I've given you a lot of ideas to chew on. And some of these new ideas may be hard to swallow, and you may need time to digest some of the ideas that I'm presenting today. When you're done listening to this podcast, you may want to send me some feedback. You may have some comments that you'd like to make. These are all metaphors. Metaphors truly are everywhere. And what we want to do is to become more aware of them because they are clues to our core value system. And more than that, they, they help to connect to others, and they help to open frames in which we can talk to one another. So your homework. Your homework is to notice your metaphors. What frame are you activating? And is that the frame that you it? Are you activating a frame, the other, in quotes, the other person's frame by pushing against them? Or are you activating a frame that you want? Are you looking back at what you don't want? Are you trying to stop behavior? Or are you focused forward and you're shaping what you want? In, in training, we're often dealing with unwanted behavior. Your horse is crowding into you, rushing past you, biting at you. Whatever it is, it's an unwanted behavior. It's just occurred. And the question is, are you looking back at what you don't want, trying to stop behavior? Or are you focused forward, shaping what you do want? And that's quite a good metaphor for the climate crisis. Are we trying to stop something or are we trying to shape something? So some more homework. How long do you maintain the desired frame? Remember, we're all by conceptuals We can relate to a variety of frames. So what bumps you out of a desired frame? a desired mindset, and how quickly can you reframe to return to that focus. When you can maintain duration in a desired frame, in a desired mindset, then you will be coming from a truly authentic place, and your voice will be much easier to hear. Thank you for listening to this. I hope that it's been of use and I hope it will move us forward in becoming more effective in creating the change we want to see. So thank you for listening and remember, horse people can make a difference.